We are live. Good evening, gentlemen. I am joined by Jay Pernzog and Cooper. Let's get this show started, why don't we? Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, sir. What up? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. The band's back together. Got that right. Memorial Day was a holiday. Why not have a night off? Last week was a little bit crazy here on Long Island. Little nuts. A little crazy. So I didn't even know if I was hopping on tonight because... I'm on a technology fast. I'm trying to stay off Facebook as much as possible uh, and my phone. It's been two days so far. I haven't been on my phone at all. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, keep my mind focused on what's going on. And uh, But I, I couldn't miss a third week in a row. So let's get this show started. Jay Perntal Cooper, thank you so much for hopping on. It's uh, so great to see your faces. So uh, let's get the show started uh, really quick. Uh, Cooper, this one's for you. Uh, we had an NXT pay-per-view last night, the first in your house in, um, oh, man, since over 20 years. I think yep. the last officially uh, official in-your-house dubbed pay-per-view was 98-99. Yep. But uh, very, very good show. They brought back Todd Pettengill. They brought back the entrance. Um, but we got we had a really good show, Cooper. We did. Uh, I want to touch on one thing last night because uh, everything was good. Um, what did you think of the women's championship match? Nuts. I loved it. <laughs> you had some good spots on there, especially EO getting on top of the In Your House set and just going boss to the wall with it and making it look good. I thought she kind of died a couple times almost, but <laughs> the payoff was really good with it, and, and she survived, thank God. But they're setting up a long storyline here, so the win was necessary, but the match itself, I think they did a great job with it. Yeah, oh, and you know what? Not to mention, uh, before we move on to Raw, and Arnold mentioned to um, the NXT debut of Karrion Cross mm. against Tamancho Ciampa. It was the match that we expected it to be. Very good match, and we have a star in the making. I'm very excited. Uh, NXT call-ups could be coming soon. Uh, we could see the dream coming up. Um, there's a lot of rumors swirling around Adam Cole, which we'll talk on as the week goes by. Um, and there's, there was rumors of Io Shirai coming up. Well, I guess that ain't happening. Um, but, yeah, very good show. Uh, we're in between two babies right now. We have Backlash coming this Sunday. Maybe we'll do a pre-show. Uh, prediction show we'll see how it goes um but uh tonight was the go home show of monday night raw the go home show to uh backlash pretty decent show um we had uh great we had great matches uh a lot of the matches were given extra time um i was pretty invested into it uh jay started with you uh what did you what are your thoughts on raw before we go down the uh the set list uh, I think overall it was an okay show for me. Um, it didn't really grab my attention, but some segments were really good. Other segments I could do without. Um, it wasn't for me. It wasn't the best raw that I've ever seen, um, especially for a raw before backlash. But it was okay. 
Perndog. Yeah, we uh, we had some surprises. We had some uh, old old people coming back, Christian, you know, and they called them the legend. So, I wonder if we could talk about that. We had uh, we had some excitement. We had some heavyweights throwing down. We we had some uh, Japanese warriors taking over. You know, um, it was pretty exciting, and uh, we'll see what what actually comes of it. You know. Um, I'm interested in the recycling of the um, the uh, talent. You know uh, how how the same people are having two matches on one car. Like, all right, guys, let's let's come back. You know what I mean? Like, you know you can you know you can mix it up now. You're not gonna get each other sick. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't know that. I'm not a doctor. So. Apparently, coronavirus disappeared instantly about a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but uh, I'll refrain from going any further on that. But Cooper. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on Jay's side of things. The wrestling itself was good tonight. Very good. But just some of the, the buildup for storylines right now and how the payoffs are going to happen. You really don't know how a few of them are going to go. The women's division right now is kind of in turmoil, it feels like. And just, it, it's a, the, the gears are kind of spinning and the wheels are stuck in the mud right now, it feels like. Because, you know, you got Asuka and Charlotte, they're teaming up. Now they're going against each other. Nia's in the mix. And then you got the tag title talks and everything. And then everybody else is getting mixed up in that. It's just a cluster right now and it doesn't feel fluid. But they've got the talent there. They just have to iron out the details. Yeah, it almost feels like they don't know where to go with the women's division at this point. Not at all. So they're just mixing it up, trying to see what works, what doesn't. And you can really tell it's it's just not working, any yeah. of it. I'll tell you right now, NXT is not having that problem. No. like Their women's division is rolling right now. Uh, I feel like Charlotte kick kind of re-kick-started it down there. And uh, so no, they're they're doing some good things. Uh, same thing with AEW. Uh, AEW's uh, growing; they're progressing week by week. So, but yeah, the um, you guys are nailed it on the head. The women's division on Raw and SmackDown a uh, little tough to watch, and I think it's just because of the lack of talent, the lack of the amount of talent that we have. Raw has the talent, and they can get it done. SmackDown, it's it's just been in disarray since October. <laughs> yeah, soon as soon as Fox started, pretty much yeah. everything's been in disarray. Well, uh, we uh, get a triple threat uh, between Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey against uh, Iconics and uh, Charlotte and Asuka tonight. Pretty good match there. I'm on the opposite spectrum. Boring. <laughs> Don't want to see it. Didn't care about it. They all was they all was pretty good. It, it was a decent thrown in there. It was a decent match. Um, I don't know, man. You put uh, Billy Kay up against Charlotte. It shows how much better of a wrestler Charlotte is. Uh, oh yeah, and and you could, and and I think that's why I didn't like it because their wrestling ability was all over the place. That you know, I don't know, man. The iconics didn't fit for me. Like they just felt sloppy, you know. They had a, a spot fest with uh, Sasha Banks going in there. I thought it was pretty good, but again, once the iconics get tagged in, it it just gets ugly. And I think that was for me is why I 
I just didn't like it. I didn't care about it. And Pernal, that was one of the surprises that you were alluding to uh, earlier was uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey showed up on Raw out of nowhere because of the tag team title rule. Uh, the women's tag team uh, champions can show up anywhere. So that was a, one of the surprises that we had tonight. Only have one set. Yes. Um, you know, with the Iconics, you have these like four giants of uh, women's women's wrestling surrounding them. So uh, it kind of made it obvious that either they're the weakest link or they're the they're the people that they're trying to build up in that match and trying to trying to get their stock up. You know. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, Asuka and Charlotte was a pretty nifty uh, tag team on the fly. Um, I'm not sure if they've tagged together before, but you got two uh, talented ladies there. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty surprising with them uh, coming out. I feel like I've seen them on, on Raw, though, in the past, uh, recent in the recent past. But, um, hey, man, you know, that's the only way you're going to get better in reality. You're, you're only going to get better rolling around with the best guys. The issue is, though, is are they ready to take the belts off someone? Because I, I know they gave them the belts in SmackDown. Yeah, this past Friday night. Yep. Which is fine. But um, I mean uh, I mean uh, the Iconics. They're obviously setting them up because I think they got the titles in the past, right, the Iconics? Yeah, they, they won them at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, 35. Yeah, so, you know, they're going to – they're setting them up to win the gold. Are they ready to win it? Probably not. They're not a season – you know, Sasha's been uh she's been a journey, you know, she's been she's been on a roll. She's been working hard for the last four or five years straight, you know. So I mean, you know, let's just see where it goes. Can they bring the excitement? I mean, they're good looking ladies, but what else what else we got? Are you worthy of the gold, baby? Well, here's <laughs> I got one little issue with this whole thing right now. And this that that Sasha and Bailey team is it I'm over it at this point and especially i got on twitter today and i saw this hashtag trending and it said bailey dose belts so i got yeah. a little curious and pulled it up and that's what bailey's starting to call herself as bailey dose belts and it's back to the old let's recycle rinse and repeat old material from a year ago yeah but <laughs> that's that's wwe as a whole that, that's what they do best but it it only works for certain people. Becky two belts. It worked at first and then she lost the title and it just died. Right. So it was good for that moment. It was, but I don't, I didn't bite on the whole Bailey dose belts. Yeah. I, I know. Hey, listen, Bailey's the most over woman superstar in all of professional wrestling. <laughs> That's a hot take. If I've ever heard one <laughs> negative. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame because she can really she can work and she can wrestle. She just doesn't have the gimmick that people care about. She can't work a mic. I don't buy it. <laughs> this is what I think is going to happen. Um, yeah, but do you think she works a mic better than the Iconics do? I think that's what's killing the Iconics at the time. I'd rather Peyton Royce go out on her own because they sit there and do this whole pose and this, that, and the other, but they I can't wrestle like garbage. Yeah. I'd much rather have Bailey okay and just be good in the ring versus really any other like the iconics or anywhere else they're trying to push yeah my you know i i think i, I think the, the this tag team title run that they're on right now is going to lead to a sasha bailey split and uh I, i'm calling it uh sasha versus bailey summerslam i'm down for that 
Somebody somebody has to tell Bailey just because you get the soccer mom Karen haircut doesn't mean that you're automatically in heel. You gotta bring some heat, baby. I wanna see it. Can I speak Yo, to I like that manager? shirt, by the way, turned off. Yo, rest in peace. Osborne. Matt Osborne. Doink the Clown. That was you're one of the first characters I was subjected to when I uh started watching wrestling in ninety-three. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Doink was a very, uh, you know, he he was a, he was a skilled wrestler. He wrestled with the best of them. He went in there and he wasn't afraid to put it out there. Vince McMahon said, "You're going to be a clown," and he was the best damn clown that we ever seen, and we're ever probably going to see. So, yeah, that's straight truth. Yep. So yeah, um, I I I think uh, this the Sasha Bailey uh, their tag team titles. Uh, run is not going to be that long, and I do believe it's going to lead to uh, Bailey quite possibly turning on Sasha. I think I think Sasha would be the one going face here. Um, I think you know that was probably the original plan because, as uh, you, most, I, I think you guys know, uh, SummerSlam was supposed to be in Boston, and I think they would have made Sasha a face for that. Um, so uh, I, th- I think we're going to get a split with Bailey remaining heel, Sasha going back to face, and uh, we're going to get a, a match like we did a couple years ago from NXT in uh, TakeOver in Brooklyn. Which is one of the best NXT oh, matches oh, ever. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I was there for that. and I th- Did it main event? I think it main evented. And I, it was just, no, that was that was a great uh, they they had some great matches down in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of them that I could think of, two or three at least. Ray Mysterio interview, uh, interview says he will be back, and he uh, and that Seth Rollins is going to pay for what he did to Ray Mysterio's eye and uh, what he did to his family, uh, the hardships that it caused uh, with Seth uh, plucking into Ray Mysterio's eye and causing it to bleed and uh, potential damage. Um, so, uh, we got this Rey Mysterio, uh, storyline, um, going on. Uh, I think this is again, another build for SummerSlam, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio probably happened at SummerSlam. Don't think it's happening next month. The way Rey Mysterio alluded to it, that, uh, he thinks that, uh, he can get back eventually if things keep progressing. So, you know, that leaves us two months away from SummerSlam. Uh, so what do you guys think of this program so far? Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, it seems like they were alluding to Dominic's debut, you know, going with a eye for an eye, which I think is is pretty good. Uh, you can have a, a tag team type setup just to kind of help build it up, see where that goes, and then go uh, singles at SummerSlam with Ray and and Seth. But yeah, I'm I'm getting more and more interested in this program. Uh, I think it's got a lot to offer as long as they do it properly. I think these two guys can work very well together. Oh, absolutely. I think they can tear the house down. Bernard, what do you think? I think Ray has enough clout to replace himself with with the son, and and I I think with like the lucha uh, history and like the pride that they have, that would be a big deal to uh, replace himself with his son. Um, I, I, I kind of like Ray's, uh, promos, like they're like still like a little like 90 ish, you know, like I'm going to kick your ass, you know, like I, I like stuff like that, you know? So, um, 
you know, I've I've always loved Ray, uh, and Ray will perform. He'll put on a good match with anybody. He's never been boring. I don't think a single match in his whole career. Um, Seth is doing some interesting stuff with the mic, with the psychology. Uh, I really like it. He's uh, he's definitely like expanding his uh, repertoire. He's coming out with the suit, with the furry leather jacket. He's got he's got the whole gimmick down. He's starting to organize. All right, wrestler Seth is you know Jesus with the puffed out hair. Then you know promo in the ring. He's gonna stomp you out and get his disciples. Is furry jacket Seth. And then we got like Jim Jim Jones when he's trying to like recruit people in. Now a very interesting twist I I would like to see would be recruiting Dominic and brainwashing him, trying to brainwash his son. Yo, battle with Ray and Seth over his son. You know what I mean? I would not doubt it. I would not doubt it. I would think Cooper. What if Seth is Dominic's dad? You took a trip to Mexico 20 years ago. Who's your poppy? <laughs> Everybody was Dominic's dad. <laughs> a lot of tequila involved. Uh, Mrs. Mysterio got around the locker room a little bit. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, uh, I was getting sick of this Monday Night Messiah for a while, but I think it kind of got scaled back a little bit to the right spot it needs to be because it was way too David Koresh for a while. And it was it was like a Bible beater snake handling church almost, and it it just got a little cheesy and hokey. But we're at a, at a good spot now, especially having a veteran like Ray in there. I'm kind of glad our original prediction of Seth and Drew part seventeen isn't panning out right now. So I want to see Ray and Seth go one on one because that's going to be a spot spot galore in that match between the two of them. Whether that's Ray flying around, Seth flying through the air, through tables and frog splashing him, you know, stealing Eddie's move on him, you know, just kind of yeah. a dagger to the heart like that, you know, they can play that up real good for it. So I think we've got a good feud in the making right now, and SummerSlam would be a good payoff. I, li- I like two months for the pacing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I have to agree with you. I like where the Monday Night Messiah is right now. In the beginning, I didn't like it at all. Same yeah. same thing. It was too David Crash. It was too just weird. Uh, but now, like you said, it's in a good spot. I like the addition of Austin Theory as a disciple. I the think that added a lot of a lot of meat and a lot of traction to that now. Yeah, he d- he didn't need the muscle of AP or the AOP. So he's got Buddy. You know the the young guy who not really young guy, but. You know, he's just kind of lost there. I mean, he was sitting outside of the ring in the middle of a commercial break, and when they came back, everybody was laughing at him. Right. And now he's here. Austin is super young. The kid's barely 22 years old. And honestly, being in Zelina's stable was flatlining him. So this was the perfect move for him. Yeah, yeah I it's agree. looking pretty good so far. Yep. We see uh Seth inviting Ray Mysterio to Raw for next week. That's uh, uh, based on Ray's dialogue. Uh, that's probably not going to happen unless there's a surprise attack. But uh, uh, him and Ray Mysterio going back and forth. When we see Aleister Black come out of nowhere, this was a nice little visual because the uh, camera is just on Seth Rollins with him talking. Uh, you don't see anything going on other than uh, Seth talking and then Alistair Black just jumping right in the camera frame and attacking Seth Rollins. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, 
you know, based uh, based on what happened last week with Alistair Black and Korea being attacked by uh, Seth and his disciples. Um, but yeah, this sets up a match: Alistair Black and Korea versus Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy. And boy, in 15 minutes, did they tear the house down? <laughs> Whew! Let me tell you, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, they can go with the chemistry between those two guys. I'll tell you that that pay per view match that they had. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was sometime last year, I want to say. Even though it was a yeah. low card, WrestleMania, I think. Was it a WrestleMania match? Yeah, I think they had a match at WrestleMania. Whenever it was, those two just beat the bejesus out of each other, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when we saw, uh, you know, really what Buddy Murphy can do. I yeah. Mean, Buddy Murphy's always been a good worker. They just never had anything for him. And I think there's a great spot for him because, like Wayne said, man, they tore it up. Yeah, I mean, they, they uh unbelievable. Like, I could watch those two guys go uh, all day. Well, we didn't we didn't get to do the show uh, last week, but uh, Alistair got the pinfall on Seth, which was, like, pretty cool. Um, we were actually saying on, on a previous show that, you know, Alistair is getting set up. He's going to have some good matches with Seth. He's definitely showing that he's going to be able to hang with the main event guys. And he's busting out all these great uh, kickboxing kicks with, like, the intricate yeah. stuff in there. And the guys are going along with it. They're selling it great. And they're really they're really building him up well. I, I, I think they got to keep the ball rolling with him, man. It's it. He's, he's going to be like the dark angel of death in WWE, man. I, I love it. <laughs> So check this out. We see uh, Seth. He comes back to uh, we, he comes back out to Ray Mysterio's music. I'm like, no, this can't be right. Uh, when Ray Mysterio's music goes off, that just didn't make sense. But sure enough, Seth Rollins comes out, uh, distracts Black and Creo, and um, they get jumped by Theory and Murphy after uh, a great match. Thankfully, they let, let the match go to its completion because it was really good. Um, but uh, yeah, so Seth, uh, once again, Seth and his disciples uh, get the uh, one uppings, so to speak, on uh, Buddy Mur on uh, Seth, uh, um, Alistair Black and Carrillo uh, for second straight week in a row. Uh, is there any word of Seth Rollins against Alistair Black for backlash, or is that what has that been announced yet at all? Honestly, I, I haven't even seen the card yet, so I, I really don't know. Yeah, are they going to skip? Seems like they're building to that match. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. I was surprised they're going to do a tag match. I mean, they could, or they can do a uh, uh, a three way tag, and they just need to get one more person for uh, Alistair and Carrillo. Because mm -hmm. I was surprised that nobody came out to help them when it was a three on two. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe WWE will announce on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. There'll be a match this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just pulling oh, the card up right now, there are seven matches, and none of them have Seth Rollins on them. All right. Well, I mean, that can change. Uh, or they just continue to build it. I mean, at this point, um, it would just be too rushed if they announced something for Sunday. So um, I guess they should probably either uh, save a one-on-one -on -one match um, in July. Uh, I think it's Extreme Rules, if I'm not mistaken. Or... Um, SummerSlam. It's a SummerSlam-worthy yeah. match. Alistair Black, Seth Rollins. Yeah, but I don't know if you can let it burn for that long. You know what? You probably could. It's just that WWE doesn't really know how. 
that's the problem. I, I still think Seth and Ray would be a bigger draw at SummerSlam than Seth and Alistair, though. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think Seth and Ray uh, is going to be the SummerSlam match. So then Seth versus Alistair would probably make sense for July then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if we're stopping the guy, he's got to get some some type of revenge, you know. So I mean, I'm guessing there might be a match Sunday. There's going to be some type of interaction. I'm, I'm I'm guessing if they if they do it right. I mean, you can't have the guy getting foot stomped and laid out like that uh, a couple times and not have him get some licks back, you know. At the end, he hasn't had the final say yet. So yeah, yeah, and I agree with that theory. But you know, with Seth being in two programs now, I mean, how are you going to pull that off? I kind of like the fact that they're doing the two programs and doing it right. Yeah, I mean, I like it too. It's just you got you know, short term build and long term build going with Seth, which is, uh, I think it's been pretty good so far. Yeah, but I just think, uh, which one do you think they're going to terminate first? You know, that's the thing with WWE is that you never know because at any given moment, Vince can be like, all right, in that program, start this one. And yeah. you never get to see it play out. Yeah. So that's that's where it's like a little weary for me. I, like, I just don't think they'll do Seth and Ray in July. I mean, they could, but I don't yeah. think they do. I think that's a. I think they do that for SummerSlam because you yeah, can drag that out. You can drag that part out. You could, but again, you know, Vince can wake up tomorrow and be like, "All right, I'm done with Ray. Start a program with somebody else." You know, so yeah. it's it's just one of those things that you know you don't really know where it's gonna go. Thankfully, Paul Heyman is kind of the one helping out with uh, you know the raw booking in general. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Uh, Pern Dog, you brought this up. The Peep Show. Yeah. The Peep Christian Show. He think, uh, Christian uh, says he thinks Edge is running on fumes. He's clearly getting fired up because at the end of the segment, Christian's like, I believe in you. Uh, your mom believes in you. Uh, Christian says he doesn't think Edge can pull off the best match ever, even in his prime. So he's just firing up Edge the whole time. Uh, what did you think of this segment? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I think that Randy and Edge and now Christian are showing the young guys how to cut a promo, a good emotional promo, how to dig deep, how to bring out the guy's real personality and and, and their passion and stuff like that. Um, A couple interesting things, you know, the commentators called him the legend Christian. Uh, I actually wanted to talk to you guys about that a little bit, maybe if we could digress. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Because I don't, I don't feel that he's necessarily a legend. I, I think he made a, he made an impact in in wrestling, 100. percent He's he's the type of guy that shows no matter what you throw at him, he's he's going to take it and make the best of it. And he obviously made the best, turn himself into a champion. No one expected that. He was losing to Gilbert when he first started. So like I, I, I like to um like talk to you guys about that about you know Christian's uh, legacy and. And uh, I, I personally, when when he became a champ, I liked his feud against uh, Booker T back in the day. And and uh, like, but as uh, on the come up, you know, he was a great tag team guy. But you know, calling him a legend, I can see guys guys now, younger wrestlers in NXT looking at him that way. But us with you know being around for so long, and you know, I, I don't know if he matches up. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think he matches up to to being a legend at all. Um, he was good, yes. He was. He was upper card, but on a lower end of the upper card, I would say. Um, he did not blow up anywhere near Edge did, 
because uh you know me personally when i think of christian i think of the brood you know that's a, that's the first place my mind goes i don't think of his singles career i think of him in the brood you know edge christian gangrel so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a legend by any means. I mean, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from him or any of his accolades. It's just to me, he's not of legend status. There's so many more wrestlers I'd put over him. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just proves how far they're trying to blow the storyline up. Um, I mean, you're calling this the greatest wrestling match of all time. You know, the legend Christian. I mean. Christian was great. Don't get me wrong. And I, and there are parts where he's a little underrated in certain aspects, but they're trying to sell a golden turd right now is basically what it is. And I mean, I, I can think of dozens of wrestling matches right now that could probably be better than this before it even pays off this Sunday. I mean, I think even matches on Dynamite is, is going to be better than this greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah. I mean, you turn on Dynamite on Wednesday, and it's going to blow that match out of the water. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from those two guys. It's just, it's been done. It's, yeah, I have, I have no, and again, the greatest wrestling match ever, really. I mean, you got Kenny Omega right on Wednesdays, who's the best bout machine. I mean, how could yeah. you even try and claim that? Well, I mean, even that, you have no crowd there to gauge it either. So, I mean, you're just kind of sitting at home and looking at spots like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, cool. Wow. You know, a crowd sells a great match, too. And when oh, you have just NXT superstars out there being your crowd, you really can't get a feel for it and call these matches some of the best right now. Yeah, and even with that, with like you said, the crowd, yes, the crowd's what's going to make that match the greatest of all time, if that's even how you want to claim it. But with them putting those NXT superstars out there trying to do what AEW is doing, it is not working for me whatsoever. It's yeah. a... They're trying the chance. It sounds all, uh, sorry for my life, a half-assed attempt at trying to make something out of nothing. I like uh, the fact that it's filling up the noise a little bit, though, that the dead sound. It is, but it's almost to the point where, yes, it's it's giving you some noise, but I would almost rather hear silence than this bad, this is awesome chant. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's almost forced. And then they stop like right on the dime as if somebody's out there with like an applause sign. that's what i've heard that uh, somebody said that that's probably what's going on in the background but listen jay we're only going to get about another four to eight more weeks of of this nxt will bring crowds in yeah but it's still going to be at limited capacity it's still going to be it will at least it'll be organic though yeah i went into a high school gymnasium (laughs) (laughs) which actually if they play their cards right then it could bring the type of atmosphere such as evolve you know, you go to those shows or even like an impact show, which, yes, it's a smaller venue. It's smaller crowds. But as long as it's the right crowd, yeah. you're going to get a hot indie feel off of it. Yeah. Again, you see AEW doing it. I think WWE is going to ruin it. Perndog, to answer your question about Christian being legendary, um, I mean, whenever I think of Christian, you, you can't not think about Edge in Edge and Christian. Uh, you know, Christian had a good singles career, great moments. I mean, I maybe uh, a legend in his own right, but um, it, it, you know, he's a great. Um, I, I think he did a lot of great things. I think um, if you lump Christian and Edge together, then I'd say yes, that's a legendary tag team for sure. But as a singles, uh, not so much. 
Um, but he's definitely had a lot of great moments for sure. Yeah. It's funny that you guys brought up the crowd because the crowd during this segment actually like got on my nerves a little bit. I heard uh, like one of the guys in the background is like, yeah, you know, it's like somebody's somebody's definitely telling these guys to say to say certain things. And they're probably afraid also to say certain things because this is their like camera time on a big show. So it's almost like if they mess up, you know, it could it can mean something bad for them. Um, but I, I didn't like the crowd during this segment. Uh, there was a couple of times where I was like, what? I was like, just shut up right now. You know, like, like let these guys do their thing. Um, because you don't know that that's what the crowd is actually going to chant. Like a lot of guys are going to chant edge and this and that, but they're, they're almost influencing the people at home that when they do go back to the shows, Oh, you have to, you know, cheer for the good guy and boot it back. But that's not the crowd is. The fans are the ones that actually create these characters by, by, by their reaction to them, and that's and that's how the characters evolve into something. You know, um, like you know, The Rock used to get booed out of the house, and he embraced that, and that's how he turned into The Rock, like who he really was. So, you know, it's it was it was a little iffy for me, and they just again they're trying to hype this thing up to be something it's definitely not. You know, so. Whatever, you know, I mean, and they bit off AEW. AEW did it first, you know. They should Yeah, they did. They did. Like, AEW's done right. it, I think, just a slight slight better. But uh, you know what? Whose idea was this to call this the, uh, the greatest match ever? Whose idea was this? This is absolutely ridiculous. And just by thinking about it, I'm going to flip my lid. <laughs> what? Okay. They, they fired writers. I think whoever came up with this idea needs to be fired. Like who in their right mind came up with this idea as the greatest match ever? Who is smoking backstage? It's probably I, the I same writer know. that it's the same writer that put Goldberg and Undertaker together. Yeah, this is like, you know what? This has a better chance of being the worst match ever than it has <laughs> than it is the, the greatest match ever. That's for mm-hmm. sure. What did you guys? How did you guys? Go ahead, Wayne. I'm sorry. How do they expect? Edge and Randy Orton to live up to this gimmick of greatest match ever. Right, especially oh, since Zander they're Taker. especially since they're, no they're old. They can't do what they used to do before. Not to mention what's what's going on with Edge. Is is, is he only willing to work with Randy? Is that is that what's going on here? Because he hasn't had another match yet. He needs. I mean, if you're gonna come back, come back. I get it. You're only gonna do like the pay per views, limited schedule because your neck. But like, he doesn't. Of course, I'm thinking Edge. He wants to test out the waters with other guys. You know, come up with come up with programs. You're coming up with a, a program that was done 15 years ago. Right. You know? So it's it's kind of going nowhere. They gotta end it. They have to end it Sunday. WWE put themselves into a corner. Uh, not only this gimmick match. Uh well you know being you know being dubbed greatest match ever but I, I don't know how how this could be possibly any good like we don't we don't know uh what Edge has left in a tank uh other than what we saw you know in a street fight and what have you but the rumble that's it yeah and the rumble um so I mean I would imagine uh Edge would be comfortable wrestling whoever he's comfortable with who he knows he'll feel safe with whoever whichever wrestlers have the best track record. Of, you know, I think he'll want to do programs with them. But uh, moving on, Apollo Cruz, he got new music tonight. 
He announces he's defending his uh, U.S. title, a backlash against the winner of the triple threat that we had tonight. That triple threat uh, consisted of Andrade, Garza, and KO. We see KO attack both of them from behind. And then we got ourselves a match. I, I, I thought we this could have been the match of the night, um, arguably. Uh, I thought we had a, a very good match here. Um, then we saw some dissension. We saw dissension. We saw uh, dissension. Uh, you knew that was coming uh, between uh, Garza and Andrade. Um, it appeared to me that Andrade is the one that pushed um, Zelina Vega by accident. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what do well, you guys think? Well, uh, I think you know when he first went when he first grabbed the mic, uh, it's, it's, it sounded like he was getting into it. Like I don't know, he he made some kind of sounds or something, and then he started talking, and I was like, oh jeez, yeah, <laughs> like all right, all right, all right, you know. And I'm like, oh, this this, this poor guy, you know, just a physical specimen could really do anything, and would be a heavyweight champ by now if if. He had some type of attitude or something, but he's just a little like goody two shoes, and he just uh, oozes it. And uh, they're not—they're not, not going to be able to do much for him. You could put gold around a guy's waist, but eventually you're gonna—you're gonna piss off backstage. You're gonna piss off the fans. I don't think he's gonna have the belt for long. Sorry to say. Well, there's really no fans in attendance to piss off. He could only be pissing off the people watching on TV Land. Yeah, for now. Yeah. So. Look, I, I like that they tried. To see if the gold would change him in any way, it hasn't. Um, I don't think it ever will. He's he's just not a good fit for the WWE machine. Uh, he doesn't. He could do a lot more than they're letting him do, but it's even his in ring style. I don't think works with WWE. He's better suited for a smaller time uh, promotion. Uh, with it going to this match, uh, I I did not like the fact that Andrade won it. I think it should have been back to KO because we've already seen the run with Andrade and it wasn't by any means a spectacular run. I think they just want that payoff with um, Apollo and Andrade before they move on. Mm-hmm. But do you really need that payoff? Like it doesn't even, I forgot all about that anyway. Yeah. I mean, Andrade has been uh, pretty much the one that's um, been standing tall for quite some time, despite the fact that Apollo has the belt now. Uh, but I don't think we really got that payoff where Apollo uh, beats him in a one-on-one match. I think that would kind of solidify and put a cap to that feud. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really think it even would need that. You know, I don't think anybody's kind of holding their breath, trying to see what's going to happen at the end of that program. Mm. You know, I think that I think uh, Kevin Owens should have won that opportunity to go up against that U.S. title because. Kevin Owens still has unfinished business being the U.S. title champion from when he held it the last time and it kind of got cut short. So I think putting that gold back on Kevin Owens would go a lot farther, help elevate that title to where it needs to be again. It just would have been a smarter a smarter move. And it's still it's tough, nothing against Andrade, but it's still tough having a U.S. champion who has a hard time on the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cooper, your thoughts? First off, KO is probably one of my top five favorites on both rosters and has been for a while. The guy works the mic better than 98% of the roster. He might be a big guy, and Vince hates those types of guys, 
but that big SOB can move better than 95% of that roster. Sell moves, work in the middle of the match, and has your buy-in. He's just got a different fire and intensity, and the guy can carry any belt in the company, whether it's been the universal title, even though they tried the little corporate gimmick, and that really lasted about a week in a suit. Um, but yeah, carrying the U.S. title, intercontinental title, the guy can do anything. So I really wanted him to win it too because I'm a huge KO fan. But, you know, as far as the whole Garza and Andrade thing, the stable is dead. I mean, it's it it tried to take off, but they buried it way too much with Drew and him absolutely massacring everybody every week. Then the dissension and Austin, they moved Austin over to, to the Seth Rollins stable. There's no steam and motivation behind it whatsoever. And I mean, well, yeah. theory never got his payback. Now, I mean, it's that they, they've killed that whole stable as far as storylines go too. But, uh, you know, you can have someone be a mouthpiece for a champion holder. I mean, but Brock and Paul are a different dynamic than Andrade and Zelina. Yes. It's the selling is different. The storytelling is different. How the mouthpiece delivers is, is different. I'm not saying that Zelina's awful by any means. She can be great, but the champion has to do some work too. Yes. And there was even one point where Andrade was about to get bounced out of NXT. So to have him still try to be the flag bearer for the mid-card championship, I'm not buying it anymore, especially with how buried and dead that aspect of his storyline is right now. So yeah. KO all the way. Yeah, I almost feel like that stable has become even a worse stable than LWO was. Ew. Yeah. What about the BWO? I think even the BWO might be higher. <laughs> well, listen, we got we got half of us representing the blue right now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Pern? Um. Well, yeah, KO's KO's the man. You know, he represents the common man. You know, he does he does all the fantastic stuff everybody else can do, and he's three hundred pounds. And you know, I think they were showing off his uh, lack of flexibility in this match. He was trying to stretch his like groin out and stuff. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, KO KO can carry whatever you need him to carry. Uh, you need him to be the tag champs with someone. You need him to get the U.S. title. Uh, I don't – Garza, you know, he got to show up. Garza was hanging in there in this match. Let's. Uh, they should have gave it to KO because KO could take it in. He'll have a good match with Apollo. He'll make Apollo look like gold, and that's what they should have did. They should have They should have let, let Apollo have a golden match with a golden superstar, but instead you're going to let him have a match because you're playing it safe, WWE. That's what you like to do lately. We're not liking it no more. We're sick of it. Hey, listen, I not discredit Andrade, so he's the one obviously moving on to face uh, Apollo Crews for the U.S. title. I think we're going to get a fantastic match between those two. They've been, I've, I've noticed uh, some subtle differences lately, um, especially on the Raw side. These The pacing of the matches have been a little bit better. They've been almost like NXT, especially tonight. The pacing was excellent on pretty much everything they did. Um, 
I'm expecting. I, I do have high expectations of uh, Apollo versus Andrade for sure. I think they're gonna tear. I think they're gonna tear down the house. You know, Wayne. I gotta say, I love your optimism. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> I think they're gonna tear it down. <laughs> Just remember what Apollo and uh, Alistair Black did. We had a good. They had a great match. They had a great huh? match. Yeah, Apollo's but been having good matches. Look where it went. Nowhere. Only Nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. It wasn't meant to be a feud. It was just, uh, you know, uh, to uh, start building up Apollo. Apollo. Apollo doesn't take the torch and run with it. That's the problem. And uh, you know what? I think he's going to turn heel eventually, too. He was, but he was a heel with Titus, which yeah. they would have had a cool little gimmick where, you know. They yeah, have- even then he was smiling. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I was going to say, I can't buy into Apollo as a heel because his his look is babyface his voice is babyface and yeah that big bright smile that's babyface he can't he doesn't have the, the composition for being heel i think doctor i think dr Britt baker has been working on his teeth his uh his, his teeth are perfectly white and i happen to know for a fact that Britt baker uh, works on a number of wwe superstars uh dentist appointments down there in florida that's funny. <laughs> Just story. Not, like not like she's got anything else to do right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's definitely not working on wrestling. That's for oh, sure. Brutal. <laughs> so we got Bobby Lashley and MVP versus the Viking Raiders. Pretty decent match here. I, I have no complaints. Uh, one last match for Bobby Lashley before his uh, WWE title shot come this Sunday at Backlash. The greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, jeez. Don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> Second greatest. Lashley and MVP get the win. Um, we see we see some shenanigans on the side. We see uh, Street Profits come out with the Viking Raiders, kind of watching over things. Drew McIntyre spectating uh, the match. Hey, listen, I- I'm, I'm very scared, guys. I'm a little scared, and I'm not usually this scared. Um, but Bobby Lashley, they've made him to look pretty good. And I've heard rumors that there could be a title run uh, in place for him uh, this year. So I'm like, ah, oh, but they made him look can, strong. Can uh, we say what the biggest fear factor of that run is? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be well, a bad I don't one. think Drew should be losing the well, title so soon. Well, that's part one. Part two um, is yeah. Bobby running with it. And part three is what's coming later this year with that. Expound uh, on that. Russell, oh, so we don't know this rumor. So there are talks right now of there being a dream SummerSlam match between one Bobby Lashley and Barack Lesnar. Could it be any so, more boring? Oh, God. Could it be oh. any more boring? They're going to beat the ever loving crap out of each yeah, other. I heard, I heard it first. The pipe bomb getting dropped. <laughs> Why did yep. I ask? Why did I ask? And, but here, the, the biggest fear factor is with everything that's going on in the world right now, I'm kind of surprised. I'm half surprised that, spoiler alert, three, two, one, that Velveteen Dream didn't win the title last night is because of all the stuff that's going on with Adam Cole and his his future being up in the air. But with the state of the world right now, there's a huge chance that Lashley walks out this Sunday with the belt, which would mean 
we have Bobby and Brock for the WWE title at SummerSlam. <laughs> See, this is where wrestling and real world do not need to mix. Whatever's going on in the real world does not need to bleed over into the wrestling world. I, and I, understand, I understand what's going on. It's a very serious thing. I, I completely understand it. But that's why we watch wrestling, so that we can Escape live reality. in this bubble to get out of what's happening out there. Yeah. So I think. But you think a year ago, Kofi. I don't know, even going from all that. that well, well, Kofi was the first full-blooded African-American champion in almost 10 years. Mark Henry was the last full African back in 2011. That was an eight-year gap. That was a pretty good run by Mark Henry. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind that. I, I loved to heal Mark Henry. The guy could sell it and was just vicious and would attack anything. But, you know, you see all the videos of, you know, in, or during Kofi's win, you know, especially that Shad Gaspar and MVP video, you know, they're crying, hugging each other and everything. You know, it's it, being the beacon of light in a, in a bleak world right now. WWE wants to be that knight in shining armor. Which I completely agree with, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the difference between the Mark Henry run, the Kofi run, is you felt it. You you uh, you know you. It was almost like you were there and you were feeling all those emotions. I hate to say, it, but nobody cares about Bobby Lashley. There were people crying in MetLife Stadium last year. I was surrounded. Like Ken Kiefer and I were just absolutely losing our gourds, and grown ass men were crying around us whenever he won that and everybody's on the edge of their seat. Cause there were a few times where it's like, okay, Oh, Daniel's got the win. You know, the, the fairy right. tale is over and Kofi kicks out and everybody's like, yo, this is about to happen. But that's the thing. You cared. They made you yeah. care. Nobody cares about Bobby Lashley. I can care less about Bobby Lashley. Oh. I, that would be one of the worst title runs in history. <laughs> and again, it's not because of, race, color, creed, whatever, it's because the character of Bobby Lashley does nothing. Mm-hmm. And to put the belt on him just because of outside influences, I think does a, distur- a disservice to what this sport is that we love. You know, yeah. it, it's yeah. they've, they've been striving so hard to be mainstream media, and it, it, it hasn't been, been really working out well. You know, uh, like they got Fox billion dollar contract, totally messed that up. They're probably not going to be on Fox for that long um, it, because it doesn't mix your core fans or, or where you get the money from. And the only time where the mainstream thing really worked was, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock back in the day. That that was kind of last time. But ever since that, I mean, that was 20 years ago. So now. Now you have to you have to work with what you got, and they're constantly pushing this Brock Lesnar because he was a UFC champion. Um, you know he needs to be the best. No, he doesn't because you don't. It, it's just like what they're doing with Tyson and Jericho. Obviously, Tyson can knock Jericho out. That's not the point. Tyson's in a wrestling ring, so now you you are now in the wrestling world. It doesn't matter what you do outside of that. Right. So it, it all matters who's the best wrestler. And right now, Drew McIntyre is proving himself as the best wrestler. And you need to ride with that as long as you can. You have to establish a wrestling champion. Nobody cares anymore that Brock won the belt. He beat, you know, he beat Randy Couture. He weighed, he weighed 80 pounds more than Randy Couture. And, you know, he knocked him out back in the day. 
and the WWE is still using that. Lashley again, a cage fighter. You know, he's so so, so now they want to match these two guys up. I don't I don't agree with it. You know, I'm a fan of both sports, but you got to keep it separate and you got to stop always trying to do whatever's going to get you involved with the mainstream. You know, um, because right now it's just about wrestling. Anybody that's watching it right now is a real fan because it's not intertwined. There's nothing. There's no other sports going on. There's nothing to really uh, intertwine it with. And if you try to intertwine it with all like politics and stuff, you're going down the wrong path. Way wrong. Unless you're going to bring Trump in. I'd, I'd like to see that Trump <laughs> body slam on Vincent Kennedy. Don't, 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 don't tell Jackson Riker that. <laughs> now, now, Jay, just to play uh, a little devil's ag- advocate before we move on. I love it. Bobby Lashley can be a believable champion. He's a former Marine. He can probably kick everybody's butt backstage. He's big. Um, he's got, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Bellator or something. He's got MMA background. Yeah. It, it's believable that Bobby Lashley uh, could be um, a headlining champion, uh, if not sooner than later. I, I, I don't know. But um, the problem is, the reason why you may not care and most of the fans aren't caring about him is because the way they have been booking him the past two years now. Well, the thing about him, and like I said, I don't take away any of his accolades, anything he's done. But what what does he do on TV to make me care? Right, because we all want a champion that we care about has overcome some sort of adversity or has uh, done something to make you care. Maybe they're just a big a hole and you kind of dig it. There's nothing that Bobby Lashley does to make me care. I don't care if he's the biggest person because we saw Daniel Bryan and everybody cared about Daniel Bryan getting that belt. Same thing with Kofi, right? So you don't have to be the biggest, uh, you don't have to be the baddest, right? Because we've seen plenty of baby faces that win. I mean, look at John Cena, he wasn't the baddest guy. But he had a legacy of carrying that championship, and I, he, he, you know, say what you want about him, but he, he made that belt matter. What, what is where does Bobby Lashley fall in that, in in that uh, equation to make me care about him? Yeah. Right, I don't care that he's big, I don't care that he's strong, I don't care that he won Bellator, right? Because I don't watch Bellator, Bellator, and I'm pretty sure most people don't. Who cares? I don't care that he was a Marine. I mean. Thank you for your service, but I, that means nothing to me in the world of WWE. They what don't even do. WWE to, doesn't even build that story around him. That's what I mean. So, what does he do to make me care? Nothing. He has an annoying wife. He's not that great of a talker. Check this out. Uh, so, I, I have. Um, so, I took a little bit of note on this, um, and I may have to step away from for one second just to throw my charger on the laptop, just so you guys know. But what do you guys thought on a possibility of Lana being the X Factor and all this? So Lana, there's a little bit of a jealousy um, thing going on. Um, and she's flipped out for many weeks that MVP is the one bringing Bobby Lashley to the ring and endorsing him. So maybe we get Lana coming out uh, wanting to, quote unquote, see her husband win a title. And causing this distraction for Bobby Lashley to lose to the Claymore. And then they progress the storyline with Bobby and Lana splitting up. Lana goes her way to AEW. 
uh, and then we go from there. Maybe Bobby Lashley uh, goes back into limbo. Um, what do you guys think of that scenario? I think that's a huge scenario because uh, that's a big possibility. Oh yeah, because they were saying uh, when he was supposed to come out on MVP show, and uh, Drew came out. If you remember, he made mention that him and Lana, meaning Lashley and Lana, were having an argument in the back, and that's why McIntyre came out, kind of killing some time, and then. So it could be possible, like you said, especially with uh, uh, Lana not being happy with MVP. I think he, I think she's gonna cause uh, him to lose to to Drew. I think that's gonna happen. I I don't think Drew McIntyre is ready to lose this, and I think if he does lose, it would probably be somebody like Seth Rollins or something later in the year. I think you got to kind of time it perfectly for Drew to lose it, where he can gain it back and chase for a little while and gain it back at WrestleMania next year in Los Angeles. Yeah, and if he's gonna drop the belt, it's got to be to somebody bigger than like, like a Survivor Series or something. You gotta have him hold the title for a while. Yeah, he's got. Main event: Charlotte versus Oscar. Um, we got a very good match here, half hour long. It was um, kind of like an NXT type of match. The pacing was good. Um, everything was timed perfectly. Uh, it was uh, nonstop. Uh, I had my attention the whole time. Like, these girls, they got chemistry together. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed this, and then. Uh, we didn't see Nia Jax the whole night, so of course she had to make her appearance and uh, interfere, cause uh, costing Oscar the match. Charlotte gets the win here. Uh, what did you guys think of this match tonight? I'll let you go, Pern. Well, it it was a good match. Uh, they pulled out some some good spots. You know, uh, Charlotte did the uh, the uh, moonsault off the off the barricade. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I was I was into the match. Um, I think uh, Asuka, you know, being that they, they wrestled earlier in the night, I liked how, you know, Asuka was able to go from jolly Asuka dancing to, you know, back to her old ways in one night. I especially liked the heel turn earlier in the night. It, it reminded me a lot of Rick, uh, just like randomly, just like turning on people and turning heel. Um, I always loved that about Rick. Um, I actually watched the 24 thing earlier on uh, Ric Flair at uh, WrestleMania 24. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, she, she comes from a pedigree where she's, she's going to be able to flip it on the fans whenever she feels like. So this, this match was good. Um, they could have done this at, uh, at a pay-per-view. They could have had Charlotte take the belt. Um, and uh, was this match a title match? I'm not sure. Nope. No. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like the title matches. Um, you know, I like I like going 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 back in the days when they used to have a title match to close out the show. So you could even you could have even had Charlotte take the title tonight because uh Oscar never actually won it. She got a given to her, so it's something that, you know, it it wouldn't have been that big of a deal to put it on Charlotte again. Um yeah, I was into it. It was good. Uh, and uh, I wonder what they're setting up for for the future. But I think I think the big part is that Charlotte's entrenching herself as one of the top stars, and she's definitely carrying the females because uh, she's showing that she can go up and down, work with the new girls. They put on a crazy match over the weekend, and uh, you know she she did a, another good job tonight, stellar job. 
What do you guys think of the possibility of Charlotte and uh, Asuka challenging uh, Bailey and uh, Sasha for the uh, women's tag team titles? I mean, it's don't like it, it is what it is. Uh, I'm again, like I said uh, the other night, follows, I know I am not a fan of not true tag of not having a true tag team holding titles. I, I just don't like it. The whole women's tag team division has been mostly makeshift tag teams, anyways, except for the iconics. Everyone's just it it's been just this mashup of well, let's put this person with this person randomly and okay, they're gonna win. Like Alexa and Nikki, and now we're talking about uh, Charlotte and Oscar and Bailey and Sasha hated each other for a while, but they got back together. I mean, there's no real team out there right now. So, no, there isn't. The, the women's tag team division is a joke. Oh yeah. yeah, it should not even ever happen. Yeah, but uh, moving on, a little bit of SmackDown talk. We'll take about two minutes really quick. Uh, this Friday in SmackDown, we have the finals of the Intercontinental Championship, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. Um, so, gentlemen, I think we're going to uh, you know, have somebody uh, win the title. Uh, my prediction is AJ Styles, but that would bring a little bit more legit- legitimacy back to the, uh, the IC title. I feel like the... The IC title has been floundering for quite some time right now. Um, Jay, I know you're a big AJ Styles, Mark. Why don't you take take this one? What do you, what do you, well, let me ask you this. Will you be watching that match, and who do you think is coming out the winner there? Uh, yeah, I'll turn it on just to watch AJ Styles, honestly. Um, I think that title needs to be held. I think either one of them will do a good job holding that title and help, help bringing it up, but I think – AJ will will bring it farther than what Daniel Bryan can, uh, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a sick match. You're gonna it's gonna be a spot fest. It's gonna be uh, just a high flying, solid match. Yeah. Perndall, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm loving the matchup. Uh, I was a little upset when uh, Shorty G lost in the uh, battle royale. Um, I was liking his uh, momentum in that, that match and the whole like Kurt Angle thing uh, backing him up. I you know, I'm enjoying that, but I'm thinking they're going to match him up with someone else. It just seems like he's he's got a lot of skill. But as far as Daniel Bryan and uh, AJ Styles, they're, uh, you know, the best, the best of the best. So, you know, either way, you're going to get one of the greatest guys around to hold the belt. Uh, AJ can definitely turn the belt back into a legitimate title, 100%. He's gonna he's gonna cut cut the better promos. He's gonna pick the better opponents. And uh, Daniel Bryan, I feel like, is going into this thing where he's putting on great matches with uh, all different superstars, and he could just like continue that. But AJ's a showman. AJ he puts on the show. Any any time he's on TV, he's going a hundred percent, and he's he's either making you laugh, he's getting you pissed at him. So I mean, you know, he's gonna be. A great IC champ. I think AJ's going to win it. Cooper, kind of wish they saved this for the pay per view instead, but I guess they got to yeah. have something to draw ratings for SmackDown. Yeah, um, SmackDown needs help. Yeah, badly. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this has WrestleMania caliber match written all over it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it's two guys from the Indies who 
are similar in stature, but can do two completely different things. And their backgrounds are di- are different. Like Daniel can do the grappling and more technical wrestling. AJ is technically gifted, but he can move a little bit more. He's a little more limber, and his moveset's a little bit deeper too. Yes. So they've got counters for each other. So, I mean, it's it's going to be kind of a, a war of attrition, if you will, between those two and who's going to get that last second upper hand. And it's just, it's it's one of those that you wish you had a live crowd for that. Oh, yeah. A live crowd would eat it up. I oh, hope really. Bruce Pritchard listens to this before Friday. <laughs> yeah. He might. He might. I mean, Deep Six uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast is gaining a lot of popularity. But uh, I hope he's listening because if you are the booker of this match, you are going to start this match with ring entrances. With, let's go that route. You're going to start this match at 9.15 and let it close out the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Solid for 30, 35 minutes to just you know, give the proper – matchup that needs to be on Fox. I may yeah. spit nails if they do some shenanigan I start BS. the match knowing them at like 9.45. Yeah, some shenanigan BS to end the match and then they have some makeshift well, we're going to settle this once and for all this Sunday at Backlash. Oh, don't even yeah. say that. That could very well happen. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds very WWE. Oh my yeah. goodness. I'll that- tell you what, we're going to put a cage around this and we're going to have a defining finish. Well, what if uh, they put on a killer match and it ended in a double count out? Then I may have to buy a new TV for something. I'll put a freaking hole through it. Turn dog. You know what time it is. Uh-oh. There it is. <laughs> well, Final thoughts by Pastor Pern. Let's go. Final thoughts. I have a couple things to say. Well, you see, as as God rained down on us in the last few months, first, he brought the plagues and he got you sitting at home and all you're thinking about is wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. What's going to happen with it? And it's still on TV, so you're still able to watch it and you really should have been watching as much as you could. And then they brought in the groups, tearing down the cities and burning them down, getting your aggression up. And isn't it funny? Don't you wish, aren't you yearning for the title at home? I know you want the gold and you want more. And now, and now we come to the present. They're going into phase two, phase two of the reconstruction theory. Well, what can we do? What is, what is on our minds? What exactly do we want to see in the future? Yeah, we want to see the champions, baby. We want to see him come out of the woodwork and we want to see wrestling come to the pinnacle of all that is. And it is going to be our savior. And you know it's going to be because it is what's been with you your entire life. And the only thing that could change is your heart and how much you put into it. So let's bring it out. Because when the fans start coming in and the local shows are starting, you know who's going to be there. Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. And we're going to be there for the long haul. So you can tear us down and you can make us sick. We're only going to come back stronger. And that's what you need to feel deep inside of your stomach. 
and deep down in your gullet, you let out the roar of the lions. And as we bring them to the forefront, we're going to know who's going to be champion. The champions of the world. Deep Six Podcast, baby. Well said. Hallelujah. You, you, you brought it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you brought it. You brought it tonight. Well, um, to those who watched or about to watch or about to listen, thank you so much. Uh, JD Perndall Cooper, thank you so much for hopping on tonight. Uh, for those who are watching, um, if you like our show, those who listen, please give us a like and share. Uh, you can find us, uh, of course, if you're watching, you already know where to find us on our Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast uh, channel on YouTube or on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. And we'd also like to give a special shout out to uh, Back Sports page. You can find uh, us there and all your other sport news and interviews uh, that you uh, care to uh, take a look at a lot of good information on there and also shout out to level one games and living the gimmick pro wrestling podcasts. Shout out to them for sharing our stuff every single week. And uh, we will be back here for midweek mashup on Wednesday night. Uh, maybe we do a prediction show. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how time goes. We got six days to plan that out. Uh, otherwise um, worst case scenario. We're, we're back here Wednesday and uh, Monday, uh, which we'll be excited about. It will be a lot to talk about. So, gentlemen, uh, it's been great. It's been good seeing you guys tonight. It's been uh, two weeks. Good show. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys all soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Click it out.